Hey everyone, I'm Julie Gunlock, host of the Bespoke Parenting Hour. For those new to the program, this podcast is focused on how parents should custom tailor their parenting style to fit what's best for their families, themselves, and most importantly, their kids. Today, I'm talking to Gabby Hoffman. She's a senior fellow at the Independent Women's Forum and Kathy Holman. You all know Kathy. She's a regular on the show and she's better known as the Prairie Rife. Kathy is a mom of five. She's a writer and a media personality living in Wyoming. So today we have a very narrow issue that we're going to be talking about. Um, And both of these ladies have great expertise on this issue. Um, We're going to be talking about a new plan by Biden's Department of Education to kill school archery, shooting sports, and hunting programs. And the way they're going to do that is by withholding federal funds. Um, They say it's for safety reasons, of course. So Gabby, let's first get the download from you. What's going on? Yes, you correctly diagnosed the fact that the Biden administration is defunding school archery and hunting programs. And this is not by accident. Outside of this topic in particular, we have documented at Independent Women's Forum that the Biden administration has been going after hunting and fishing, outdoor recreation opportunities, because it doesn't fit with their climate alarmist position. And this is part of the the prong to fulfill that agenda. They say, well, no, no, we love sportsmen and women, but they are slowly but surely and kind of deceptively going after conservation and, and pastimes like these activities through this meet through these means, excuse me. But in particular, defunding resulted from the passage of a law called the Bipartisan Safer Communities Act. And this was billed as a moderate gun control piece of legislation. And it has a lot of components, but relevant to this discussion and how it relates to defunding school programs is the fact that there's a provision in the ele- um, elementary school and administrative act. It has a funny acronym, but it's the ESEA. And That's a 1965 law, and it says that hunting programs and school archery programs were longstanding, and they were fine, and they were not perceived as dangerous weapons or or activities using dangerous weapons. So this law gave the Biden administration ammunition, no pun intended, uh, to proceed with determining that these activities involve so-called dangerous weapons, and therefore they have to be defunded. And that is why we're in the situation we are today, even though there are many innumerable benefits to these activities, which we'll discuss later. But this is where it came from. And and a memo from last fall in November 2022 said explicitly their justification for proceeding with defunding. And they said that upon the passage of the law signed into law by President Biden, this is when it went into effect, uh, June 25th, 2022. So immediately upon the passage of this moderate gun control piece of legislation, this proceeded. So that is why we are talking about this topic today. Gosh, that's terrible. And Kathy, I do want to switch over to you, but just really quickly, Gabby, and just to be clear. So this is now, this is happening. This is happening. This is happening. Okay. So Kathy, first of all, I love that you're in your car. You're doing a total, <laughs> you're doing a total mom thing. Before we came on, you said you're at, you're at like a sports event. Yeah. So our school started this week and my daughter's at a volleyball tournament. So I just got to watch her play. We're doing this. And then I'm actually off to football. So mom, well, it's fun. It's funny. Cause Kathy actually apologized. Like before she's like, Oh, I'm sorry. In my car. I'm like, it's a parenting podcast. Like we get it. So Kathy, you have, you are the mom of five kids. You live out in Wyoming. It is like a very, I mean, I think it's funny. Cause I think Gabby and I, who both live in Northern Virginia, right outside of Washington, DC, we're not surprised by this stuff, but this is, you know, culturally, kind of a shock to do this in a state like Wyoming, where archery, where hunting, um, this kind of stuff is common. It's in the schools. Kids take these classes. It's very much like, again, a culturally normal thing. What's your reaction to this? Um, So I think, first of all, I just want to point out that as a parent with five kids, hunting is how we feed our family. 
When we shoot elk, antelope, and deer, that provides meat for our family to eat all year. And what we don't consume, we donate to local food programs, to our church. We have neighbors that sometimes are in need because they didn't get one. There's this whole ecosystem where wild game is actually, it's food for thought project. You can look into it. They work with people and organizations around the state to feed hungry kids, our school programs. I mean, it's a big deal. It's not just a recreational thing in Wyoming. It is a family tradition. Um, it's something that my kids look forward to. My husband, we've got horses, so they pack in 30 miles a week and a half. Um, and this is what we do. Now, hunter safety has to be done. You have one year when kids are old enough where they can go with someone that has it and they don't have to have their hunter safety. But otherwise, it's illegal for these kids to be doing that because we recognize it's important for them to learn the laws, to learn how to be safe, to learn what to do in an emergency because Gabby, I think a lot of people don't understand besides the firearm safety, we're talking about wildlife management in these mm -hmm. classes. My kids are learning conservation, wilderness survival. They're learning mm. appropriate field care of the meat. They're learning laws about trespassing state land versus private. I mean, there's so much that goes into these education programs. It's not just about the firearms because in Wyoming, this is a way of life. Um, and for our oldest two kids, we had to spend hours and hours and days and weekends to get them that hunter safety. And my um, third child, my middle son, he's 13. He was able to do it at school through our outdoor ed program what a lifesaver it was for our family. It saved us on the cost of running back and forth into town. It saved us the time, the energy, the stress. And our little guy has been talking all year because he's in fifth grade and usually fifth grade middle school is when they start these programs. He's been looking forward to getting his hunter safety all year because he can go with dad. He can go with his older siblings. It's a big deal. And it's going to be a loss. We have just in the last year, 554 kids received their hunter safety through school programs. That's a big deal, especially when you think that um, just a little over 4,000 throughout the entire state got hunter safety last year. So That's I wanna, a big percentage in schools. It is, it is a big percentage. And I want to switch this because I think there are some practical issues here about the loss of you know, how important these classes are. But I want to talk to you a little bit about isn't the point here um, to make guns and shooting and hunting and some of these activities just, I mean, not normal, right? Or not a part of the culture. Um, isn't that really the point here? I think that's the point. That's what they're trying to accomplish. They're trying to divorce the sporting heritage from actual gun safety. And I want to preface by saying that hunting is not guaranteed by the Second Amendment, but there's a lot of intertwining between firearms usage, excise taxes collected on guns from purchases. And it all is combined in a law called Pittman-Robertson, which I think I talked about in our last segment that we did together. But those two are inextricably linked, even though there are distinctions and there are separate laws that protect the right to hunt and fish separate from a second amendment. And you see that in states like Wyoming here in Virginia as well. But it is to divorce the country essentially from this. And they're doing it incrementally. They're not overtly saying we, we're going to abolish hunting and shooting oh, right. sports oh. outright no but they're doing course. it through these backdoor deals well and that also, is what we're seeing. i also find it really interesting gabby and 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 kathy you may also have some thoughts on this too because we've seen over the last couple of years the left has really is starting to target kids yep. whether that's in the schools whether it's this effort to sort of um 
to break the bond between parents and children mm -hmm. and set government officials up as the actual authority in a child's life. We see these sort of attempts. And I see this a little bit here too. It's like, they're going to go at it by going to school programs to they're targeting the youth to make it sort of a, a, a foreign thing by taking out these educational programs. You are not going to then teach children about firearms and hunting and a way of life really. Um, so it's interesting how they're going about it by targeting the youth. Kathy, do you, have you heard about this in your community? Are there concerns? Oh yeah. People are very upset about it because it is, like I said, it's a monetary weight off parents' shoulders and it just, it's convenient. My kids yeah. in school, it's handled. I can check it off the list and I know they can be ready to go with their dad in the fall. It's just one less thing to worry about. So it's again, making it harder for parents to access these programs. It's putting one more roadblock. I have to say, so people that don't know my backstory, I'm originally from Milwaukee and I came out here because I wanted to marry a cowboy, not knowing what that encompassed. <laughs> and when my husband and I first started dating, I said, our kids are not going to have guns in the home. They're not even, not even going to have play guns because I came from Milwaukee. I came from guns, kill people. Food comes from the grocery store. Right. Well, thankfully, thankfully he educated me, but I feel like a lot of the things that are happening now are just continuing to widen that divide between urban the coasts. And, yeah yeah and and rural and and i it, and i think maybe i have that perspective because i was the person right that thought a bunch of rednecks and why do you need to hunt but then i mean it's such an important tradition out here and if i'm going to be honest most of the hunters i know are the most avid conservationists yes Yes, Gabby talks, about that all, Gabby talks about that in all the, the world. time. And there's data on that. I mean, we know that. That is true, yeah. actually, Gabby. They're donating, you know, they get their conservation stamp. They're donating hundreds of dollars to that. They have such a respect for the land. They're out there in it for weeks on end, seeing the impact that it, I mean, don't even get me started on grizzly bears. We're not even going to go there. But like, <laughs> I love that topic. It, Another yeah. time. <laughs> and wolves, I tell you what. Um, but again, my perspective has fully shifted, sure. fully shifted. And I wish that instead of throwing policies like this and creating a bigger divide, we had more education about this is what hunter ed safety is. This mm -hmm. is, this is what we are doing. It's not a bunch of rednecks forming a militia. It's teaching an 11 year old boy, how to be safe, how to treat a wound, how to survive if dad gets bucked off the horse, which believe me it's happened and is unconscious, right? Like these are good things for our kids to know how to do. Gabby, you have written about this, about how gun owners tend to, you know, I sort and I, I do, I want to talk a little bit about the food issue too, um, because, you know, you always get these attacks on farmers and actually farmers are some of the best environmentalists out there. They are not going to abuse the land when that is their source of money, you know? And, yeah, why and, are you going to hurt we, your cow that's yeah, giving you we milk talk and about, money? <laughs> yeah, we talk about dairy farmers and, and, yeah. and, and same with and, hunters. Yeah, same with yes. hunters, that actually these these, you know, if you're really concerned about, you know, gun violence, then you should have these programs which educate people about gun safety, you know, you and and many other things. If you're an environmentalist, you should be for these programs because again, hunting off the land, you know. So Gabby, I, I, I know you share those thoughts, but you've written about this so extensively. So kind of tell us how there's this there's this gap. There's this and again, and I think I think what Kathy said, 
the only thing it's going to do is, you know, create these rifts between, you know, the urban and, and the more rural areas of this country. I will stop. That's not exactly a question, <laughs> but I just want you to kind of expand on this. Yes, I'll happily expand. And as someone who has lived in suburbia and urban areas or really close to urban areas my entire life, first in California, now in Northern Virginia, and I don't have kids yet. I'm not married. I'm single, but I have a niece and nephew who are. I don't know how that's possible. She, by the way, she's like the coolest girl ever. I know cowboys would be great. <laughs> but as an aside, um, but the thing is, what we're seeing, yes, is that. But I also think you are starting to see, and I've documented this elsewhere, and I, I just follow the trends too. You're seeing urban hunting programs. We have here, Julie, I don't know if you're aware. I, I think I sent this to you and Larry, and maybe this will be something we could talk about in the future. But Arlington County is overrun by deers. It's a metropolitan, yes. very densely populated county right close to Washington, D.C. Fairfax County, where I live, has an archery program. So you have to qualify, do training. I have like half of the criteria, but I have to do the other half. And so even in urban areas, believe it or not, they are encouraging people to go hunting. You just have to get the proper training, the proper licensure. And it's not that expensive. All things considered, it's okay. It's pretty reasonable. It's better than not having that available. But it's not like a huge roadblock um, in terms of accessing. It's just a couple hundred dollars maybe in total. But the thing is, yes, we have people in Washington and we have environmental, I call them preservationists. I call these preservationist special interest groups who are not conservationists. They want to kick off the public from land. They want to disconnect families and kids from these timeless traditions, which can supersede politics, supersede your region, supersede, you know, your economic standing. These activities should be bringing people together. And we see policies that are creating a rift between forging this connectivity and even beyond teaching kids how to hunt. I wish I had this in high school. We never oh. had these programs in, in suburban Southern California where I grew up. Yeah. I'd heard about this. I went fishing with my dad. So that's how I was yoked into this early on and, and kind of, um, you know, kept the, the negative forces at bay. So I, I had those seeds of conservation planted into me through fishing, but I wish I had had this at my, you know, high school and, and we pro probably would have had it. Um, it was a conservative area in Orange County. But the thing is, um, even urban kids are benefiting from yeah. even just learning how to do recreational archery. We have kids of all racial backgrounds, socioeconomic statuses, taking advantage of these programs. And we can go into statistics more so later, but this benefits all kids and it's an equalizer, whether you're hunting or doing archery or shooting sports. And they want kids to be inculcated with nonsense that has no bearing to their formative years. Yes. And these activities can help steer them in a positive direction, cancel out the noise, not question their gender, not really fall into this confusion that we're seeing with a lot of kids. And I probably was the last generation to not really see this so much um, before it really set in. I graduated high school in 2009, college in 2012. So it was right on that cusp. I started to see these, you know, these extreme tendencies even play out even more. Yeah, and we, so younger kids today just aren't exposed to this. They're not exposed to home economics, to these activities. They don't even go outside, Gabby. No. They don't even go outside. No. I mean, they don't know, know how to Kathy, cook. They don't know how to do anything. No, we which is a like, shame. I just did it. No, but it's Kathy, we, thing about you, that. Yeah. You, I want you to add on to this because we have talked about that a lot on this show. Kathy, uh, Gabby, as you know, Kathy comes on a lot. And, you know, talk, the most amazing thing is just to hear Kathy talk about her children's lives. And on Twitter, I'm always asking, there was this, you know, they brand the cattle and remember the, the, the corners <laughs> and the balls. And I asked, yeah, the question, ear, yeah. you know, that, and I was like, Oh, I don't, I really don't want to know about that. And that's that part of the cow. But anyway, so it's amazing what her kids just watching her on face or on, on Twitter and watching her socials, you know, Kathy posts 
And it is a different world and it is a healthy world. And our kids are dirty and they're out there and they're helping with the farm and they're out or the ranch or whatever. And it's, and they're on horseback and they're going hiking. This is good for kids. And the Biden administration, this is going to take away something at a time where kids are suffering. So Kathy, I, I throw to you because I think you have a lot of great perspective on that. So I think that one of the most pivotal things I've learned in my life, you can call it a long life or a short life, I'm 41, um, is that in the moments when you are uncomfortable is when the most growth happens. So let's talk about when you're holding a gun for the first time. It is uncomfortable, right? It is scary Mm -hmm. because you have all these different things, but then you have someone beside you that teaches you the respect you need to have for the power of it, but then teaches you how to harness that and use it to be self-sufficient and do something that is unique and unusual. Same with the hiking, right? When you're out hiking, there's going to become a point when you're uncomfortable and you're going to have to continue because the granola bar's in the car and you don't have any other choice. <laughs> like you can't just stop. You can't just stop. You have to move through the uncomfortable. And then all of a sudden you get back to your car and you're like, I did that. Our kids need to experience that because otherwise you have all these adults that have never learned what uncomfortable feels like and how to move through it and that they can, right? And I think that the more we limit and expose them to things that are new and different, whether they ever decide to do it again after this high school class, the more we are limiting our children to be successful in every area of life, whatever that looks like for them. And to me, that's the biggest thing I've learned. I mean, it was, that's why the Prairie Wife brand started is because I was a city girl gone country, breaking ice, nine months pregnant, feeding while my husband was out of town being like, if I get through this, it's a new Prairie Wife badge. If I get through the right. And then now like, I'm like, bring it. What do you want me to do next? Yeah, so I've yeah. seen that growth for me. I've seen it in my kids and I want all kids to have that. And on college applications, we're going through this with my oldest boy. They ask what household chores do you do? Because your child's ability to do things like that determine their success at college because the kids that have never done household chores are not going to make it through that first year and those universities know it. Well, you know, Kathy, I, one of the books that I always recommend to new parents is a book by Julie Lifecott Hames uh, called How to Raise an Adult, because that's what we're supposed to be doing. Yeah. We're supposed to be raising yep. good people and good adults. And there's, you know, obviously, you know, for me, I, I, I want to raise a, a, a child, um, you know, who understands God and is a good Catholic. There's a lot of things that we're doing, but ultimately we're trying to raise adults who can cope who can live in the world and who hopefully can make the world better. This used to be, this used to be like the common idea behind parenting. And now I think there's some things that have changed, but I want to talk and I want to give some good news as we um, sort of round this out. There is a solution. There is a possible solution. And Gabby, I know that there is a bill that's been introduced in Congress to basically solve this, bring these programs back. Tell us about it. There's actually two pieces of legislation now. So we had weighed in on the independent women vo- women's voice side, excuse me, on supporting a bill from Mark Green and Rick Hudson of Tennessee and North Carolina, respectively. So it basically said that uh, they want to change the def- definition of dangerous weapons. So it does include archery and shooting sports in the mix. And then Claudia Tenney just introduced a mm. bill, Claudia Tenney from upstate New York, And I have to read and sift through it. I was told it's a little stronger than their bill, but it's not really that much of a differentiation. So there are measures, and I believe there will be a Senate complement 
uh, to both of those bills. I haven't seen a Senate version yet, but there are House versions and the House, I believe, is where uh, you can begin to play and do that. But you have a lot of bipartisan, actually, agreement over canceling these pro uh, programs or dis dis being dismayed, excuse me, with the cancellation of these programs. So a lot of the modern Democrats, Cinema, who now claims to be an independent, you have John Tester, you have Manchin, you have a couple others who were completely blindsided and said, we didn't craft the bill, the Bipartisan Safer Communities Act, to lead to the cancellation of these programs. So even the biggest champions of the Bipartisan Safer Communities Act were totally, totally caught off guard with this implementation of this move. And so, yes, I think we will see some bipartisanship, true bipartisanship here to correct this error. But even if we see a potential veto or a veto override of the president, we could see both houses pass this to restore this because people are recognizing the error of the Department of Education ways here. But the president, like he's done with other things where there has been true bipartisan support, he will override that veto attempt. He will, yes. So I don't see anything happening unless perhaps there's lawsuits, but we will see a couple of pieces of legislation. And we have, as an organization on the voice side, have weighed in support on restoring funding because it really is important. And while, you know, we typically shrug as, as you know, conservatives and limited government types, like we don't want the government funding everything, but this is an exception. This is not really seen as an affront on parental rights. And this is perhaps a good stewarding of money in a rare case. The Department of Education uh, is in desperate need of stewarding money well and not, you know, at the behest of teachers unions. So this is where I think Department of Education money can be put to good use under this law that was passed to obviously guarantee that. But we want to be cautiously optimistic. I would hope that people across all party lines, urban, rural states, they do come together and realize what a mistake it was to go through with this um, under under the guise of, you know, a bipartisan law, which proved to not be bipartisan, truly, and, and, tru um, and was seen as something that does strip people of learning true gun safety and not preventing future mass shootings, make, making the overall wellness of communities worse off, not safer, yes. Yes. Um, if kids can't learn how to safely operate guns, and even adults, yeah. too, uh, because the Bipartisan Safer Communities Act affected mostly adults, and it did affect kids here with this well, look, you know, we we all know the 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 now number one billboard, uh, number one uh, song, the uh, rich men north of Richmond. Right. And this is a another example of Washington refusing to respect the cultural differences of Americans. And this isn't you're right there. There are a lot of Democrats who hunt. This was a gigantic mistake, a huge misstep. I really hope there's a solution to this. Gabby and Kathy, I can't thank you enough. Kathy, you can go back and watch your kids uh, play and, <laughs> and good luck to them. Good luck to them. Thank you. And, um, <laughs> you know, if there's movement on this, Gabby, we would love uh, to, to get, get us, you know, independent women's three network. Of us. Absolutely. Yes. And, all, but also the three of us should update that um, as this moves forward, because I think this is a really critical area for, um, for particularly people who watch this podcast, but, but um, also just in general, moms and dads who care about their kids having safe and healthy lives. So thanks again, ladies, for joining me. Thank you, Julie. Such an important issue. I hope, uh, I hope uh, that those two bills um, in the House, and I hope there is a, a Senate um, bill as well. I hope, uh, I hope there's some resolution to this. It's an absolutely horrible idea. Um, and again, it is a loss for our kids um, at, at, at a time where, where kids are suffering mentally. Um, so I, I, 
no, no, no more important bills in the house right now. Uh, the Bespoke Parenting Podcast with Julie Gunlock is a production of the Independent Women's Forum. You can send comments and questions to julie.gunlock at iwf.org. And please help me by hitting the subscribe button, leaving us a comment or review on Apple Podcasts, ACAST, Google Play, YouTube, or iwf.org. Hang in there, parents, and go bespoke. <laughs>